Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church, and happy Sunday to you. It's great having you join us today for worship, and we're just so thankful that you're taking the time. Right now would be a great time just to share with all your friends, your family, everybody that's uh, uh, one of your friends on Facebook. Just go ahead and share that with them so they can join in the service with us today and be a part of this great time. As we gather today, there's a couple of things I just want to make you aware of. Uh, number one is that if you text the word welcome to 859-586-6529, that's the church phone number, we will have a way to be able to communicate and get back with you. Any kind of question you have and you want to send it to us, any need that you might have, prayer request, don't hesitate to send it to us so we can be praying for you. We've been blessed this week, a lot of things going on in the life of the church. We went back and had our first youth time together, uh, socially distanced youth time on Wednesday night, and it was a real blessing, and we just thank uh, everyone for coming out, and I know that they enjoyed the cookout and the great food and all the people that helped out and did that, so uh, again, just thank you, thank you, thank you, and it's a little way of moving back to that normal needle for us. So today, I hope you're ready for a great time of worship. As we gather here, I'm just going to ask that you join with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for the healing powers that we see this week going on in so many people's lives. And Father, for those people that are still going through medical procedures, uh, upcoming tests, the ones that are now recovering, we lift them up and we just ask you to put your healing hands upon them and let them feel your blessings in their life. And Father, for all of us as we gather, whether we're here in the sanctuary today or whether we're at home and we're watching on TV. We thank you for the way that you've stood beside us during all of this troubled time. And Father, we just also want to thank you most of all for your son, Jesus Christ, because that's the reason why we get to sing these praise songs and lift our voices of praise to you. So be with the praise team today as they lead us in a time of worship. Be with Harold as he breaks the word, Father, and let your spirit just move among us wherever we are right now. Let us feel your presence, Father. We love you and adore you, and we thank you for all you do for us each day. We pray all these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It is good to see you again as this church has reopened and we start to grow and grow. Uh, we're just happy to have you guys with us. So we want you to stand up if you're at home. We want you to text somebody. They might be in here, so if, they're, if you're looking at your phone, that's okay. But uh, we want you to turn around and wave to somebody and just tell them you're happy to see them this morning.
Before we do, we just want to let you guys know we're still not passing that offering plate. Uh, but if you, on your way out of the sanctuary this morning, on the left-hand side as you as you go out, there's a box, and that is the offering box. And then we've got the Dollar Club boxes separated. And the Dollar Club is still going strong. We want to thank you uh, for your faithful giving and also for your faithful giving to the Dollar Club. It's been doing really well, and it's getting some use, so we thank you so much for that. Um, before we sing another song, we're going to pray together. So join me in a word of prayer. 
Lord, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to just uh, to come in your house and sing and uh, to hear your word. Lord, we just thank you for that opportunity. It was gone from us for so long. We just thank you for, for it being back. <clears throat> Lord, and just uh, help us to just uh, continue to try to build on, on what we had, Lord, and, and we know that you're keeping you at the center of it. Lord, bless the offering that we receive and, and the hands that give it, Lord, and help us to just use it to... Um, to just glorify your kingdom and, and do your work here on earth, Lord. And um, we just want to lift up anyone who is hurting or anyone who is sick or anyone who's recovering or, or starting any kind of treatment. So we just want to lift them up to you this morning and just ask you in each spot to, uh, to just come in and give some healing and some love and some grace. And we know you can do that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Somebody better shout. Somebody better type amen in the comments. Ain't no grave going to hold his body down, amen. All right, if you've got a Bible, I invite you to turn to Nehemiah chapter 8. We're going to be back in Nehemiah for a few weeks. We're going to talk about honoring the Word of God this morning. First, I want to tell you about a pastor who went to the dentist to get a set of false teeth. The first week back after he got his new teeth, he, he only could preach for eight minutes. The second week, he went for 10 minutes. The third week back, he preached for two hours and 48 minutes. The congregation had to basically mob him to get him to come down from the pulpit and ask him what in the world happened. And so he explained, he said, the first week, my gums hurt so bad, I could only go for about eight minutes. The second week, they started hurting again, and so I had to stop after 10 minutes. He said, the third week, I put my wife's teeth in by mistake, and I couldn't shut up. And so uh, I was married for 25 years this week, and I thought I might share a wife joke. And uh, I love my wife. She does a little more talking than me, uh, but not that much. And so uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, how to honor the Word of God. If you remember, we started early in the year in the book of Nehemiah, and COVID came along and kind of interrupted that. And the reason I thought we should come back to it is because once Nehemiah leads the people of Israel to rebuild the walls, then he begins to shift focus to their spiritual needs and, and spiritual renewal and revival. And uh, listen, once we get COVID out of here and we begin to come back as, as we are now, uh, we need to seek, pursue a spiritual revival in the church. 
And, uh, and so there's three or four chapters in here that are just perfect, I think, for our time right now. Uh, this morning in particular, how to honor the Word of God. And, and so if you have your copy of the Word of God, I invite you to stand, even if you're in your pajamas. Uh, stand and we'll honor the reading of the Word of God. Verse 1, And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it, facing the square before the water gate, from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that they, made, that they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood, and so to his right side there were several men, and to his right, left side, if you notice there in verse 4, I won't read all those people to butcher their names, but they were right there beside him. And Ezra, verse 5, opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, and as he opened it, all the people stood." And just notice verse 6, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And Father, we, we want to do the same. We want to read and hear your word, and we want to say, Amen. This word is true. And we want to bow our face to you and ask you this morning to speak through your word by the power of your spirit. Uh, Lord, we want to be people who honor your word because we know that you're the author of this word and it is for our good, for the good of your people. And uh, Lord, we know that uh, if we would obey your word, uh, we would love you, we would love our neighbors, uh, we would speak kindness and peace and truth. Uh, Lord, so many things that, that our world deals with today could be corrected if we would look to your word. I pray we'd understand that this morning. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, if you remember, just a quick recap, Nehemiah goes back to Jerusalem, leads the people to rebuild the walls and so that there's some defense around the, the city of Jerusalem. And they get the walls rebuilt. Chapter 6 tells us they did it in 52 days. They hung the gates. In chapter 7, they fill the key positions, and now it is time to focus on the spiritual needs of the people. And what we're going to notice is that revival is brought about through the Word of God. Let me just say this before we dive into the Word of God this morning. What our country needs more than anything, and we have lots of needs, and we need to get rid of this virus, and we need economic recovery, and we need peace, and, and, and lots of things we need. But more than anything, we need to return to God and submit ourselves to the Word of God. Our first president, George Washington, wrote this in his prayer book. O most glorious God, remember that I am but dust, and remit my transgressions, negligence, and ignorances, and cover them all with the absolute obedience to thy dear Son, that those sacrifices of sin, praise, and thanksgiving, which I have offered, may be accepted by thee in and for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ offered upon the cross for me. Direct my thoughts, words, and work. Wash away my sin in the immaculate blood of the Lamb and purge my heart by the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need, church, is leaders who trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for everything. 
Listen, our, our country was founded upon the Word of God. And if we would get back to the Word of God, we would be reminded of how we're to treat one another. Uh, Andrew Jackson, our seventh, seventh president, said, The Bible is the book on which our republic rests. Daniel Webster, the great American statesman and orator, said, There is no solid basis for civilization but in the Word of God. If we are to abide by the principles taught in the Bible, our country will go on prospering. The Bible is a book which teaches man his own individual responsibility, his own dignity, and his equality with his fellow man. Well, we need to be reminded of that today, don't we? And then William McKinley, our 25th president, he said, The more profoundly we study this wonderful book, the more closely we observe its precepts, the better citizens we will become, and the higher will be the destiny of our nation. And I read some of those quotes, and I think how far we have fallen and how desperately we need to get back to the Word of God. And so we come to Nehemiah chapter 8, and we meet this guy named Ezra. Ezra is a priest. He's a scholar. He's a scribe. Uh, We can turn back to the previous book, the book of Ezra. And we find in Ezra chapter 7 that, that Ezra had also gone to King Artaxerxes in his seventh year, which is about 458 B.C., and he asked permission to lead a second group of Jews back to Judah. He was granted permission. Uh, he, he goes back to Jerusalem and, and tries to lead some reforms uh, there in Jerusalem with the people. Uh, and, and then Nehemiah comes along to Jerusalem about 13 years later after Ezra, and he leads the people to rebuild the walls. And what we're going to notice this morning in, in Nehemiah chapter 8 is that Nehemiah and Ezra make the word of God a priority for Jerusalem. It is foundational for the way they live and Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said the primary task of the church and the Christian minister is the preaching of the Word of God. And so this morning I want to talk about how we can honor the Word of God. And what we're going to notice is how the Jews in Nehemiah's day honored the Word of God. So verse 1, all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. That, that's in the, the city of Jerusalem. Uh, it's a large square before the water gate, which is on the eastern side. And I, I just want you to notice the reverence. It says, uh, they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. And so uh, that's talking about the Pentateuch, the, the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. That was the words of Moses. And, uh, and so this morning, as we consider how to honor the word, first of all, we are to receive the word. And what we notice is that the people, they gathered to hear and, and to receive the word of God. They, they were hungry for the word of God. And, and I, I hope that you have come hungry and ready to receive the word of God this morning. In this passage, we'll notice four ways in which they received the Word of God. First of all, you've got to bring the Word. Notice again, back to verse 1. The people gathered as one man, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses. Uh, 
And so kind of like we are doing today, we're gathering to hear the word of God and they tell Ezra to bring it. And Ezra had prepared himself. One of the remarkable verses in, in the scriptures is Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. It says, for Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. Uh, church, there's a pattern there. Study the word. Do it, be doers of it, and then teach others. Study it, do it, and teach others. And so now he is called to bring the word. The people are gathered. Ezra is told to bring the word. Verse 2 says, so Ezra brought the law. Now, I don't want to be legalistic about it, but I do encourage you to bring your Bible. Uh, keep your Bible with you. Make notes in your Bible or have paper to make notes. And Listen, you wouldn't go to war without your weapon. Uh, I wouldn't come to church without my Bible. And I, I know people have it on their phones and tablets, and that's okay. I, I just, I like to have the Word. Uh, Hebrews 4, 12 says that the Word is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the division of soul and spirit. Is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of man. And so, uh, bring the Word. Now, verse 2 says it's the first day of the seventh month. That is Tishri. That is the Jewish equivalent to our New Year's Day. And that was a perfect time for the nation to get right with the Lord and have a fresh beginning and begin afresh with the Word of God. So Ezra doesn't just bring the Word, uh, but verse 5 and 6 shows us that he opens the Word. Verse 5, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And as he opened it, all the people stood up. Uh, we stand up sometimes when we read the Word. That's what happened that day, and uh, maybe an illustration of that. Listen, there are lots of uh, Bibles today. I mean, the number one seller in all the history is the Bible, uh, and yet there are lots of Bibles that seldom get opened. Many of them sit around and collect dust. I used to have a buddy who always kept his Bible in the dash of his car, and he, he was proud of it. The problem was he never opened it. It was kind of like a, a lucky charm for him. And listen, this is a letter from our God, our Savior and Lord, and, and we've got to open the Word. All of us probably had some extra time lately to open the Word, and, and I hope you've been doing that. Verse 5, For he was above all the people, and as he opened it, all the people stood. Maybe, maybe a picture to, to help uh, show you what that might have looked like. And so he, as he opened it, the people stood because they wanted to honor the word. Now why? Well, they knew that they were not just hearing a man stand up and speak or read. They were hearing the very word of God. The Apostle Paul put it like this in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Now, I, I know many people today prefer uh, topical preaching. 
And that's where the preacher just kind of picks the subject, uh, talks about it, shares a few scriptures. But listen, you you don't need to hear the words of man. You you don't need to hear my words. What you need to do is hear from God and to hear from his word. And so that's why most of the time I try to preach through books of the Bible. That's why I'm trying to get back into the book of Nehemiah because we need to hear from God. Thus saith the Lord. But when we open the, the word of God, we know that this is directly from God. And so we come to hear the word of God. First uh, Timothy 4.13, Paul says to Timothy, give attention to the public reading of Scripture. Be in the Scriptures. Church, we often defend the Bible as the word of God, but we don't always treat it like the word of God. We kind of act like it's optional sometimes. And, and uh, you know, every church I've ever been in, uh, there's always, if you go and look around, piles of Bibles. And uh, it's all right to forget your Bible somewhere, and, but, but most people never come back and get their Bibles. Uh, and if they do, they never open their Bibles. Or maybe you got an app and you say, well, I got it on my phone. Well, do you open your app with your Bible? And so after he opened it, verse 6 says, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen! Amen! Amen. Let it be. Truly. That is truth. That's what amen means. You, you're welcome to use that anytime you want to. Amen. Whenever there's truth spoken. And, and it's just worth noting they didn't worship the, the Bible. They worship the author of the Bible. Uh, God is the one who breathed this book. We, we worship the, the God of the Bible. So they open the word and then read the word. Notice back to verse 3. And he read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday. And it, notice that it says that all the, and the ears of all the people were attentive. Now, I know we make jokes about long-winded preachers. Uh, but maybe we ought to be a little bit convicted about verse 3. Uh, and I know many preachers today think that the 20-minute sermon is, is uh, what's needed. And, and maybe it is during this time. Uh, but and listen, in many churches in America, shorter sermons are uh, the shorter the better. And uh, for some reason, we get in a hurry to end our services. And listen, most people only hear the Word of God read and explained one time a week. I, it probably shouldn't be such a burden to listen to the Word of God. Now, these people... Many of these folks were born into captivity, and they had never heard the Word of God read. you got to think about that. All they had heard was probably what was passed on to them through memory and, and whatnot. And so it says there in verse 4, that Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that they had made for this purpose. And so they had him raised up, this wooden platform. And again, these groups of leading men are standing on either side of him. They're showing uh, respect for the Word. And not only does he read the word, but also notice we need to understand the word. And again, the common people didn't have copies of the scriptures. And, uh, and so they were thrilled to hear the reading of the word. Verse 7 tells us that the, the Levites were, were there. And apparently they moved around the crowd, it says, to help the people to understand uh, verse 8, the, it says uh, clearly, the, they read from the book, from the law of God clearly, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the, the reading. 
And so that means that the Levites would go around the crowd and they, they would help explain to the people uh, so they could understand exactly what, it, what God's Word says. Now, why did they need to explain the Word of God? Well, but, but from the time of Moses' writing of the law until uh, the day that Ezra is reading it, o- over a thousand years had lapsed. Now, does language change a little bit in a thousand years? Yeah, it does. I mean, I dare say that nobody would have known what you were talking about 20 years ago if you said uh, tweet. Or nobody would have known three months ago if you'd said, I'm on a Zoom. That's how quickly languages change. I I mean, when I started preaching, I, I couldn't say I'll text you because we didn't have texting then. We used to say, some people would say, just bump it to me. I remember the first time I said, heard someone say, bump it to me. I thought, what do, you, what do you mean, bump it to you? Languages change. And so we need new translations of the Bible, not because the Bible changes, but because languages change. Now, I know some people get out of whack when I say that. I'm not trying to be a liberal here. I'm just saying, uh, if I showed you a copy of John Wycliffe's first English translation, I have a verse here, Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30. Uh, All ye that train and teen. Tra- I, I, I don't understand that. It's in English, but yet the, the language has changed, even from an English translation. So the Levites assisted Ezra in teaching the word, and that was one of their God-given ministries. And so they probably mingled with the people. Uh, whenever there was a break in the reading, they would explain what had been read. They would answer questions. They would help them apply the word to their lives. And so we need to read and understand the Bible. We need to have personal Bible study. We need group study so that we can ask questions and discuss. That's why preaching is so important. Now, I, I know some people think that they are, understand, they know everything in the Bible. Listen, no way. No way does any of us know everything that's in this Word. And so I want to exhort you to continue to study, to be open to what the Bible says and teaches. And and listen, here's a caution. Don't don't be blinded by tradition. I mean, when I was little, I was taught some things, and when I began to study it, I, I realized that that wasn't the way it was. And so study and seek to understand the Word by the power of the Spirit. Not only do we need to receive the Word, but secondly, we need to rejoice in the Word. As Ezra read and the word was explained, the people's first response was of conviction. And so the word brings conviction. Romans 3.20 says, For by the law is the knowledge of sin. And so the people heard God's instructions, and when they heard it, they realized, Oh, we've blown it. We've missed the mark. We're sinners. We're not doing what God has instructed us to do. And what we notice is that conviction brings repentance. And we're going to notice that even more next week in chapter 9. But repentance is a godly sorrow that leads to a change in our lives and our hearts. Uh, Notice verse 9. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people, listen, all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. When they realized that what God said was different than what they were doing, they wept. And let's just be honest, there's very little weeping in the church today. Even when our sin is exposed And so there is a great need for conviction about sin. That there's a great need today for repentance, a a godly sorrow that leads to a change in our lives. 
Listen, in the scriptures, we see that God blesses repentant hearts. When David's sin was pointed out uh, after he came to repentance, Psalm 51, 17 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David acknowledges the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. It seems as if we try to guard ourselves from conviction of sin and repentance. Can I tell you the truth we find in the scriptures? Listen, repentance doesn't lead us to depression. It leads us to celebration because we get to enjoy God's forgiveness. And so let me say repentance leads to rejoicing. You say, how? Why? Simple. God forgives us. He lovingly forgives us when we confess our sins. And we are beneficiaries of His grace and His loving kindness. Romans 2, 4. Or do you presume on the riches of His kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? I'm not sure we can rejoice without repentance. Listen, when we get in the Word and we hear the Word and we understand the Word, we both repent of our sins and we rejoice in that repentance because we find forgiveness. Verse 10, this day is holy to the Lord. And, uh, and notice at the end there, and do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people saying, be quiet for this day is holy. Don't be grieved. And all the people went their way and to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to, the, to them. Someone has said, it is as wrong to mourn when God has forgiven us as it is to rejoice when sin has conquered us. And so I, I believe that part of the, the secret of Christian joy is to believe what God says in His Word and to act upon it. That's really what faith is. J joy isn't the, the result of faith. Uh, joy that isn't the result of faith is not really joy it's it's good feelings and they soon disappear but we can read and receive the word and we can rejoice in the word psalm 119 verse 162 i rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil or like great treasure and so let me ask you this morning do you see the word of god as your treasure do you delight in god's word and uh, it's more than a simple answer. you got to be in there reading and studying the Word. And, and then just lastly, we need to respond to the Word. That, that's what we find in the end of uh, Nehemiah chapter 8. Uh, Ezra reads there in verse 13. Verse 14, they found it written in the law that the Lord had commanded by Moses that the people of Israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month. And so God had given them some instructions about these booths, uh, the, the festival of booths. And, and when they read that, verse 15, and they, that they should proclaim it and publish it, notice verse 16, so the people went out and brought them and made booths for themselves. And so they read what they were to do, and what they do is they respond in faith, and they go out and, and they did it. And verse 17, and all the assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths and lived in the booths. For from the days of Jeshua the son of Nun to the day the people of Israel had not done so, and they were greatly rejoicing. 
James encourages us to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. They heard these instructions. They hadn't been doing that. Uh, they went and made these booths. And that, 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 those booths were to be a reminder of their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. They were temporary shelters. And uh, it was a week-long uh, festivity. And when they heard that, they went and did exactly what God had told them. Now, we could talk more about the feast, but the key point is that they willingly, gladly responded to what they heard in the Word. Throughout history, there have been times when God's Spirit has burdened His people to pray, to search the Scriptures, to confess their sins, to respond to the Word. And when they do that, so often revival is the result, revival in the heart of God's people. Someone once asked the evangelist Billy Sunday if revivals lasted. Hey, does, does revivals, do they last? You know, he said, no, neither does a bath, but it's good to have one occasionally. And I, I'm going to suggest this morning that we have a great need to return to the Word of God in our lives, in our churches, and in our country. And listen, church, it happened in Nehemiah's day. It could happen again today. And here's the truth. If you're ready for it, the Word of God, it might be offensive to our lifestyles. It might affect the way we do business. It might affect your finances. It might affect the way that we do church. It might affect the way we vote. It, it might affect the decisions that we make. But it really comes down to this. Is this the Word of God? And am I going to obey what God says in His Word? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And uh, we want to hear your word. We want to understand it by the power of your spirit. We want to be doers of your word. And Lord, when your word shows us uh, an area of our lives where we are missing the mark, we want to repent, find your forgiveness, and rejoice in it. Lord, help us to, to be doers of your word. I, I pray that as a, a church, as individuals, as a country, that we would return to your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to ask you this morning how you need to respond to the word. Is there things that you know are in this word that you need to repent of? And listen, maybe, maybe you need to recommit to reading the word, studying the word, being in a group. We, we'd love to help you find a group to study the word. And, and listen, if you... It, if you're listening this morning, you know you're not saved. Listen, the Word is what tells us what to do. We looked at this a little bit last week, but uh, Peter, when they said, what should we do? He said, repent, turn from your sins, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. In other words, turn from your sins and believe upon Jesus. And if we could help you uh, with a decision to follow Christ, it would be our privilege. Uh, you can put a response. Uh, you can put your name, or you could send me an email at hbest uh, at burlingtonbaptist.org. Or you could just uh, text decision to our church number, and we would love to follow up with you about a decision to follow Christ. How will you respond this morning to the Word of God? Are you hurting, broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is growing. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? 
Thank you guys for coming out this week, and thank you guys at home for, for watching us. Remember to hit that like button and share. Uh, and for those of you who are wondering, a bump is when you are in a uh, chat room and somebody bumps you the information. We didn't know. We had to look it up. So uh, for those of you guys, but uh, again, thank you for being here. Um, just a reminder on your way out, the offering box is on the left. Uh, the box for the Dollar Club is on the right and actually over by this back door. And uh, if you have any questions about the sermon, make sure that you put them on here so that I can ask Harold in our podcast. And uh, thanks for watching all of the stuff that we're putting out. We're going to continue to do that. And uh, just thank you guys so much. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this day that we could be here and just listen to your word. 
and just be in your house together, Lord. We just thank you so much for these opportunities. Um, thank you for your word and, and writing us a letter to, uh, to help every single aspect of our life, Lord. All we have to do is look for it. And Lord, give us that hunger uh, to seek all the meaning of the stuff that you have in that book for us. Lord, it's just so awesome just to keep digging in and digging in and digging in and give us the hunger to do that. Lord, just be with us as we go throughout our week, and we just thank you for uh, the blessings that you give us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.